Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is July 4th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media, presented by FanDuel. My name is Evan Baradovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And on this episode, Connor Ryan and I get into everything related to free agency. We get into the Tyler Bertuzzi stuff. What happened there? How did talks fall apart? And and how did Tyler Bertuzzi become a Toronto Maple Leaf uh, in such short order? Uh, We get into the rest of the moves they made. James Van Riemsdyk, Morgan Geeky, Kevin Shattenkirk, Milan Lucic is back. Uh, We get into those moves and what they kind of signal about this upcoming Bruins team. And it's not all bad. This, this, there's some hope for this upcoming season. We get into that uh, in this episode. We get into also what we think their identity might be next season, which could be a little different from years past. And we also kind of touch throughout the episode, touch around the league, but some of the other free agency moves, good and bad. There are certainly still, it always boggles my mind that there's still like really bad free agency moves out there. Cause I feel like the jury is so the, the, the examples are so many of just bad signings. Um, But at any rate, without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. What's going on? Now that much Bruins development camp is underway. What a hectic two weeks. You got free agent, you had the draft, free agency. Now you've got development camp going on, which uh, will be uh, through the end of the week. Scrimmages on Friday. Um, but everything that everyone is talking about has to do with free agency, especially around here. And Bruins were active on the first day of free agency, which Elon Musk and Twitter decided, hey, why would we want to see tweets about these things on such a day? We don't need Who that. needs it? Who needs you that? Have that? You have that. You have the signings. Damian Lillard's trying to get traded. You don't need to be in the loop on those things, Devin. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares is right. Uh, but what a complete cluster that was. I mean, my goodness. Um, it's funny. I actually opened Twitter. I was off for a little bit and I opened Twitter to look at tweets and just rate limit exceeded. I was like, oh, I must be, you know, I don't know. It must be a glitch or something. And I kept going back and then I saw it was trending and I was like, oh, don't even tell me. Don't even tell me. Um, but uh, fortunately or unfortunately, the Twitter stuff seemed to go away 
uh, for the Tyler Bertuzzi news, which is where I want to start. Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, we, you and I, I think most people thought uh, Taylor Hall gets traded. Bertuzzi comes in and they chose Bertuzzi over Hall. Um, wasn't the case. Uh, but the more that we hear about the situation, the more that comes out about the situation, I think people's first reaction when uh, Tyler Bertuzzi signed in Toronto for one year, five and a half million, was everyone said, oh, that's Sweeney's fault. That's Sweeney's fault. Sweeney must be lying. Uh, but again, Greg Wyshynski tweeted, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's agent Todd Reynolds tells ESPN that they were seeking a long-term deal in free agency. There were some on the table, but no contending team was close to five and a half million annually. So they pivoted to they pivoted to a one-year deal on a contending team with the cap jumping next summer. Uh, regarding the Bruins, Bertuzzi's camp wanted a long-term deal, couldn't find common ground on money. They go to market, Bruins move on to other business. Um, by the time the pivot to a one-year deal happened, Bruins had already committed the cap space to other players. That's on Bertuzzi and his camp. That's not, I- I'm not trying to play Mr. Defend the Team here, but that to me seems way more on uh, Bertuzzi's agent and their camp than Bruins. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at it, I think, you know, when you have a situation here where an asset you want to retain ultimately move, moves on, I think there's, um, you know, misgivings or, or misreads from all parties. But, yeah, I think if you're doling out blame, I think a, a big chunk of it has to go to Bertuzzi and his representatives in terms of uh, misreading the market from the first place. Because let's face it, like, yes, it's almost like we have to, you know, tackle this in different segments, but the Bruins ideally wanted to keep Bertuzzi. Like that wasn't part of the, you know, that wasn't a question and they didn't want to sign to a one-year deal. That's for sure. Now, was it a four-year deal, five-year deal? Like, and honestly, if I think if you're a Bruins fan and trying to find that, that middle ground between Stephen Gallagher Bertuzzi, who obviously fit in well here, he gave you an added element on the net front, worked out well with David Posternock. You want to keep him, but at a five-year deal, that's great. Like if the Bruins announced on Saturday, they signed him to five years, 5.5 Bruins Twitter probably doing backflips, right. In terms of you're signing him for cheaper than Taylor Hall, you have him signed long-term, but I think there's something you touched on Evan, that you look at his injury history, his skating. It's not something you really want to lock in a six, seven year deal for. So if you're the Bruins and you made the effort to try to sign Tyler Bertuzzi and you're like, we've got five years, four or five years, five and a half, six, even, and he said no because him and his agent thought that they were going to get six, seven on the market. Are you going to begrudge the Bruins for being like, all right, that's our best deal. Like we have, we have so many roster spots to fill up. Like we, we can't just like sit here and wait for you to hit the market and probably get what they thought was going to be a similar deal. I assume the Bruins, once they let Bertuzzi go and get to free agency, they thought he was going to sign a six, seven year deal. I think what a lot of us really assumed as soon as those reports kind of first came out. Um, so I don't think you can begrudge the Bruins for doing that of, of signing him to, I think a pretty fair deal. I think considered in terms of giving him security, maybe not six, seven years, four or five works out pretty well than considered. Um, and so for then, you know, him to really, his market is really dried up again, really brutal market anyway, which I'm sure we'll touch on in terms of the amount of guys signing below level deals, but, um, for him to then pivot to a one-year deal, the Bruins, what are you supposed to do really in that situation? And yes, you can talk about. Oh, they should have freed up more cap space. They should have traded Olmark. They should have traded Forbrook, what have you. Which, again, I think it's more an indictment on the market where I think we've already talked about it, right? Like, if the Bruins had a, a team willing to take Olmark for a first or Olmark was going to be a key piece in a trade for a guy like Elias Lindholm, I think the Bruins probably do it. But you look at the way the market was, right? Whether it's you're giving up Taylor Hall for two fringe defensemen or the Islanders are giving up Josh Bailey and a second round pick just for future considerations. 
the market is wacky right now, especially in terms of um, teams with cash base having all this leverage. So Bruins aren't going to be able to just craft out another five million in cap space right away unless you're giving up the reigning Bezino winner for, you know, a fourth or fifth round pick, which I don't think they were going to do just to fit in Bertuzzi. So, um, yeah, it's just a, a rough situation all around. But, yeah, if you're looking at what I think is the catalyst in terms of what has sparked now Bertuzzi signing a one-year prove-it deal with Toronto, I think a lot of it falls in his camp for not wanting to take whatever the Bruins originally offered, which, again, was probably going to be a pretty fair deal because they want him here, not just for this year, but in the years ahead. That's exactly it. And I also think it goes back to, uh, you know, the fact that Bertuzzi's camp seemed to fumble this. You know, now, granted, there is the side of like, you know, he's going to go to Toronto. If, if he plays with Matthews and Marner, he's going to have a lot of points. Someone next yes. offseason with the cap going up is going to give him a lot of money, probably more than maybe he'd make this offseason. Unless those injury things kick in, he'll be a year older. There are other parts of his game that I think might not age well. We've touched on this, you know, previously. Um, but I, I like, again, I, you know, I, I wanted Bertuzzi. You wanted Bertuzzi. Everyone wanted Bertuzzi on this team. He made sense. He was a fit. He was, you know, just he he was a Bruin. At the same time, though, you I do like what the Bruins did here. Don't bend over backwards. Again, if he was a center, right? If Tyler Bertuzzi was a center, it's a different story. You that's a position of real need. You need, need, need that. Um on this team, granted, this hurts your offensive depth 100 percent 100%. This hurts your offensive depth. And we'll get to some moves they made that might try to kind of, as you said, moneyball Bruins, you know, try to replace them in the aggregate. Um, but I don't think this was a situation you bend over backwards for. Um, they tried. They clearly put something on the table that was, as you said, fair and reasonable. Um, that they said, no, I think we can get more, ter-, you know, again, Sweeney said term in AAV. Um, again, if that's what we're being, you know, we're being told that. So, you know, I'll go off of it. And, Again, I, you don't do that over a, a second line left wing, which again, he he provides a lot. But as we've said, his game could age badly. Like th- that's the thing about him. And I think, you know, I think the Bruins realize that. That's why they probably weren't, according to reports, extending to, you know, beyond five years. Um, so again, it hurts that he's on Toronto. It's hurt. That, it hurts that he's there. Um, cause again, I guarantee he's going to put up points against you this year. He's going to put up a lot of points in general, most likely, but at the same time, my guess is, I don't know how much, like Toronto was already good offensively. I, the, we, mm-hmm. we, you and I have discussed this off, off air. Like they still don't have any goalie that, that you trust defensively. They stick, they just kind of sign these fringe top pairing defenders and hope that someone kind of, you know, when the Red Sox, we're trying to find a starting pitch, like a, a number one ace. And they just kept like getting middle of the rotation guys, hoping one would pan out. That's kind of like the Leafs right now on defense, hoping someone pans out. Um, again, Bertuzzi makes them better up front, but I don't think they really needed to get better up front. Um, still, though, it hurts that he's on a rival against you. Um, yeah. I, that, that hurts. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's just a situation where, again, the Bruins would have loved to keep Bertuzzi. Like, it's not like they're all like, all right. Peace out. Like, oh, well, we'll go back to the drawing board. Like, they really wanted to keep him. It's just the way the market kind of shifted there and, you know, kind of how Bertuzzi's agent played ball kind of put them in the spot. And that's the unfortunate thing. It's just the Bruins are in a spot where they don't have a lot of leeway or patience, you know, in terms of they weren't granted the ability of where they're missing just a piece or two where they could wait it out a little bit to get him. And I, you know, people are like, oh, the Bruins opted, they had to sign Lucic first. They had to do all this stuff. It's not like the Bruins had one or two moves to make. 
and they could have just waited to see what Bertuzzi decided to do. Like, you saw how crazy this market was. Like, they had to fill up multiple roster spots very quickly. And, yes, like, you can make the case that Lucic was always going to sign here and he didn't have to didn't have to sign him right at 1201 or what have you. But I think if you look at guys like Shattenkirk, who I guarantee you a team like Tampa or a team like Carolina would have loved to pick him up for a million. Uh, you look at a guy like Morgan Geeky, who we'll talk about, who – is he going to be there on Sunday if you're not willing to sign him right then for two years, two, $2 million, uh per year? So it's one of those things where you look at just how many rosters watch the Bruins had to fill up in a short amount of time without having to go really bargain bin shopping on Sunday if you want to wait that long. Like, you're just not afforded that opportunity. Some of that is of your own doing in terms of going all in last year and being in this cap crunch in the first place. But you couldn't just wait around. It wasn't like the Bruins just decided to, like, go – pivot in the other direction they had to they had to fill up these spots with the limited amount of cap space they had unless you really wanted to really scrape the bottom of the barrel on sunday you had to you had to move on from bertuzzi and make those moves on saturday even if it means shutting the door right away before we continue on with the conversation i want to tell you about our good friends over at fanduel take your first swing at betting mlb on fanduel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 dollars. that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over/under to who you think is going to get the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash Boston to get up to $200 in bonus bets. Again, that's fanduel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. 21 plus and present in Mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Now, back to the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I go back to that. Like, you have to move on. You can't wait forever. You need third and fourth line players. We've discussed this. And they did that. They went out and did that. Um, and again, Bertuzzi goes to Toronto for a, a year and, and five and a half million. Um, in terms of free agency moves, uh, you mentioned some of them there. We'll start with Van Riemsdyk because he's an interesting one. One year, one million. Uh, it's interesting. This Bruins team, you put this team on paper in like 2014. Ooh, you have a cup, you have a cup uh, favorite. Um, but I think JVR brings some value for net front presence guy, guy you can throw on the power play. Um, if he is, you know, the opening night, second line left wing with Zaka and Pasternak, um, you know, we haven't really been given a huge indication on who that might be because it's, it's July 3rd. Um, but if it, if that is him, you can expect some production playing next to Zaka and Pasternak. Um, is it riveting and exciting and, you know, must watch? Not really. Um, but I don't know. I think there's some potential there to at least kind of do something. You know, it's it's not a complete black hole on that left side. Yeah, I mean, I'm very curious to see how Van Riemsdyk does. Again, I think that the jury's going to be out on whether he's like your locked-in second-line uh, player there. Like, you'd ideally probably want him more in the third line, but such as the hand you've kind of been dealt. But in terms of, I think, when you look at 
all these different players that they sign. It's all about, I think, just what their roles are and how it fits into what the Bruins are trying to do this year. And if Van Riemsdyk can park himself in front of the uh, on the net front on the first power play, clean up plays, uh, was known, you know, for years as a guy who also had a really good touch around the net in terms of making those quick plays. Maybe not as good as Bertuzzi was, but adds that extra development at a lot cheaper uh, price range. So I think you look at just what he brings, what like a guy like Shattenkirk does uh, in Clifton's spot and just what the, the payout is in terms of, you know, like him, Geeky, uh, Van Riemsdyk, uh, a few of these other players for what the price range is. If you're able to still field a roster with these guys that can still, you know, carry out whatever you're trying to look for them in that specific spot, while also keeping the door open for allowing younger players to incorporate themselves into the lineup, like, you know, people can look at just the Bruins free agent signings here. And yes, they're not groundbreaking. They're not headline stealing, what have you. But I think you look at just what their plan is this year. I think if you're a Bruins fan, you should be maybe not excited is the right word, but I think you should look forward to this year finally having a little bit more clarity in terms of just where the team is going. Like, and again, it's tough to say that this offseason where we're still waiting to hear about Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, that's still the biggest domino that needs to fall. But I think you look at this season uh, and, and how they've built it out. You're going to see what guys like Lucic and Van Riemsdyk can bring, you know, and, and what those roles are. And I think you keep those expectations in check but you look at like what a guy like Geeky can bring. Can he be like another guy like Zaka who can uh, maybe take a step forward with more minutes? Um, I think finally you're going to see more clarity in terms of the future of the team in terms of prospects, right? Like is Randy Reeves like the starting, you know, uh, second line guy, but what if Merkulov makes a push there? You know, what if a guy like Beecher or Lauko, uh, you know, settle into the fourth line and fight for minutes next to a guy like Patrick Brown or even Geeky, if he's kind of pushed into that role. Um, I think for the Bruins, it's, you know, you're dealt a pretty crappy hand, but in terms of how many raw spots you had to fill and what these guys can provide in terms of what their set roles are going to be, you can see what the line of thinking was for the Bruins. And if they're, if the, the crappy hand they were dealt leads to this year where you can still arguably be competitive, but I'm sure we'll touch on, you know, throughout this offseason in terms of just how viable they are this year, if you can bridge this year with still solid pieces, incorporate young talent. And then we obviously looked at 2024, you're kind of making the most of a pretty crappy hand uh, that you have. So, The most important thing of this whole uh, free agency, they didn't overpay for anybody. Yeah. They, did, they did not commit to anybody long-term. They didn't overpay. Uh, you look around the league, guys like Radko Gudis, um, Alex Kalorn, both the same team. You look at the Islanders locking, uh, you know, two Mayfield very and, yeah. Yeah, middle-tier defensemen for seven years. Um, none of that. You just sign guys to one and two year deals, nothing more than two million. I mean, Geeky got, you know, two million per, but Lucic a million, Shattenkirk a million, Van Riemsdyk a million. Like you you had a budget and you worked within the constraints of it. And it's a it's clearly a bridge team. Um, there's there's a little bit of potential, especially as you said, Geeky's an interesting one, six foot three, big center, you know, could be a kind of a prominent guy at the bottom six. The other thing I think you should be sort of in for is it would not shock me if they went back to Martian, if, if Bergeron returns, Martian, Bergeron, Pasternak uh, for mm. portions of the year, because then you'd have DeBrusque, uh, Zaka, and potentially Coyle as a second line. Uh, and you can use Geeky on the third line with James Van Riemsdyk. And we'll get, that stuff we can get to closer to opening night. But you do have some options. You know, it's not Bertuzzi like you would have hoped. Um but there is something there, you you know, you're not, it's not just nothingness, which I think is what we all feared 
um, going into it. But uh, the other one I want to hit on is Lucic, because um, yeah. my God, <laughs> wow. Uh, talk about a guy who was definitely open about wanting to be back, uh, went out and bought his hat, uh, a Bruins hat. I will say, though, uh, you know, whether or not he fits this team, how much he plays this year, whatever it might be, if he's still got even a, a little bit left in the tank, it is a cool feel-good story. I'll say it. I, I It was cool seeing the videos of him the other day, just being like like a kid in a candy store, just like so excited. Um, now, if it's he's getting in the way of younger players playing, then, you know, you have to do what you got to do. Uh, but cool nonetheless to see. A cool little story. You get to sell some jerseys from that if you're the Bruins. I guess that, you know, it's a good thing. But again, I'm not, I, I'm not like completely against it, you know, like it, it's yeah. good, fine. A million dollars, you know, this wasn't Nick Felino getting a year at four million. This is just, you know, a year, a million. You see what you got in the guy and I, I see where it takes you. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's even, I think the critics of it in terms of, you know, whether he's taking up a spot or how much he has left in the tank, I still think it's, you have the it's prefaced by people still being like, yeah, it's pretty cool to have him back. I'm still pretty jazzed about it. Like it's a guy who's obviously you listen to his uh, his Zoom call after he signs and just how enthusiastic he is. And that's not something that Sweeney kind of mentions is that obviously you look at the physicality, the physical deterrent, you know, what he can bring on the forecheck if, if, if his motor's going there. Um, something that again, you kind of look at the makeup of this forward core. A lot of big boys all of a sudden between him, like uh, Brown, uh, Geeky 6'3", like Van Riemsdyk's a big body. Um, you you know, you kind of built up or, or beefed up the, your forward court there a little bit. So if they're what a, a team that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, again, if you look at kind of the identity of this team, again, how competitive they are depends on if Bergeron comes back. And that's kind of the biggest thing. But you look at this team where obviously they're not probably now moving Olmark. The market was not conducive to that anyway, but. You still have the probably the best two goalie, you know, the best goalie tandem in the league, a defense that, you know, before you got Orlov, still led the way towards a record-setting season. Like, it's still a very good decor, even with the flaws that I'm sure we'll discuss uh, later on this offseason. But you're built from the net out with a really uh, effective puck-moving defense, and all of a sudden you've got a very heavy forward core that maybe it's a bit more puck possession-oriented instead of uh, chances off the rush. Like, you still have a formula in place where you can grind things out wear teams down uh, and, you know, potentially make some noise. And when you look at this, where this team was just a few months ago uh, in terms of getting eliminated, looking at the bonus overages, how much little cast face you had, I think you kind of take that for what this team is, right? Who knows? Maybe like a guy like Lucic or Van Riems like surprises you. Maybe a guy like he takes a big push. Maybe you get excited, you know, like you look back at like that 20, you know, 17, 18 team where it's like, you know, guys like Bjork or DeBrusque, score one of their first games and you have these younger players that are trying to fight their way into the lineup and give you something like there should I be that level 50 points that year yeah like there should be i think kind of that level of you know as i said getting at more clarity or more an idea of where this team is headed in i'm sure we'll either touch on it later on or just uh later on this summer of just what this what these signings have done as you said it gives them flexibility it's not like you're locked into these deals that Again, we look at all these other teams that are really rebuilding, you know, these teams like Detroit or Buffalo and how much, how arduous it can be to really build a contending team from scratch again. Like Buffalo's on its way, but look at Detroit and like just how they're now signing these random guys. That's a team that wants to do well. They're the Detroit Red Wings. Like they want to be a successful team and they just haven't gotten back there yet. You look at where the Bruins are um, with the foundation they have in place. How many teams would kill to have 
a 60-goal scorer in Pasternak signed long-term, McAvoy, Lindholm, Swayman, Olmark, we assume Swayman's going to sign a new deal. Like, Zaka is a guy that could be a 50-point, you know, second-line center for under $5 million. Like, you've got a pretty good foundation in place, and by signing these cheap deals, you're only allowing younger players to maybe take a step forward, but you're also setting yourself up for a more extensive retail where you can build upon that foundation next summer. So I think you look at where this team is right now and where it's going uh, is optimism the right word, but I think there should be excitement for the fact that I think you see the the path the Bruins have charted. It's not going to be a full rebuild. It's going to be tearing everything down, but too good to do that. They have too many guys signed long-term, but you have options moving forward, which when you look at teams like Tampa that aren't getting any younger, you look at these other teams that are trying to, uh, you know, take that next step forward. The Bruins are going to be right in that mix for this foreseeable future. And they could really take some big swings next summer. So Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That's the thing you wrote about at Boston.com in the sense of that of next summer, the amount of cap space that'll be open that could even be more open because of the cap going up um, and the options that they might have next year i mean it, it really opens up a lot of doors again it's all the grass is always greener down the road but that genuinely is greener than than this offseason um and you mentioned it again like they're going to be a team based on their goaltending they're be a team based on their defense the other thing i think is important to note that we'll i think touch on a lot more later in the offseason is the rest of the atlantic um in past years it's been a three-team uh, division this year, obviously the Panthers kind of came into, uh, you know, went to the Stanley cup final, uh, but even just like an early look ahead to, to the 23, 24 season, right? The Bruins, we know their situation. The Leafs still don't have a goalie. They're over the cap by 8 million. Um, without signing Samsonov, without you, signing Samsonov. That too. You got to figure that out. Um, the lightning are not getting any younger. They're getting older and pieces are kind of slowly falling off that, you know, like Ross Colton and things like that. The Panthers just came off a Stanley Cup final uh, push that really was lightning in a bottle. But, you know, again, good for them. I'm not taking anything away from it. But Matthew Kachuk has a pretty bad injury. And I, I don't I, the status is unknown if he's going to be ready to go to start next season. Um, and, you know, the Sabres are up and coming, you know, which is great. But are they really ready to kind of compete in that space for a playoff spot? Potentially, you know, still going to have to figure out what's going on in net. Um you know, the, the Canadians are far away from contending. The Senators are going to lose to Brinkett. They're going to be farther it. away from I contending. Hated that, I hated that Corpusalo deal, too. Oh, my like, God. Seeing that they're building something, then you're like, no, don't do that. Don't, you're kind of either trying to accelerate or it's almost like be Buffalo, where just you build from within, and guys hit and just keep on chugging along. It's like, I don't really like what Buffalo and even Detroit, where they're kind of just in this no man's land where they're just signing these b-tier kind of guys that i don't know how that makes up a, a team that you can build around for the future so i don't get it detroit was the same way last offseason they went out and yeah. got a bunch of guys on on day one of free agency and it was like what is the point of this um but again like senators red wings are kind of that same area like even that chikrin deal you look back at and it's like i mean it makes sense because he's a good young defenseman but like when are you going to plan on competing um and then you know i mean again like again 
my point is it's sort of open. It's, you know, I don't think the Bruins, granted, I'm not saying the Bruins are going to win the Atlantic. I don't think they will as of right now, um, but they're going to be competitive. They're going to be in it. And I think a free agency day like the, the Bruins had this past weekend, uh, you know, sort of solidifies that. One last question, Connor. Are they done? And I don't mean free agency. Trades wise, do you think there's more to come? You think there's the next shoe to drop? Is there something coming? I mean, I think you just got to find out what Bergeron's doing. That's the biggest thing, right? Like, I think in a perfect situation, he comes back and you don't have to do that much other than signing your your RFAs, right? The last thing you want to do is uh, trade more pieces away to get a guy like Elias Lindholm or what have you. Not saying that they shouldn't if like he's available, but best case scenario is Bergeron comes back. Don't have to tweak too much. Don't have to move more money out. Bergeron retires next year after the centennial season. We'll see what happens. Hell, like this this freaking team could go on a run next year by just pounding like the crap out of teams in the playoffs. Like who who the hell knows? Bergeron retires and then all of a sudden I'll clip got, that. I'll clip that. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden you've got, you know, 30 million to then sign Lindholm in free agency. And you're right and you're chugging right along, right? Like that's the best case scenario. So I think it all depends on like I don't think there's any other moves coming in terms of another defenseman another uh, winger or anything like that. Um, I think it all just comes down to what's going to happen down the middle. And it's going to, again, Coyle and Zaka held their own for a few games against Florida in the playoffs, asking a whole lot in terms of uh, having those guys fill out that role uh, in a similar vein for 82 games. And just, I think the domino effect, right. Of like Coyle, Zaka, and then Fredericks at three C or is it geeky? Like you're just putting guys in spots where maybe, you're asking a lot from them over a full uh, season. So I think it's all going to depend on what Bergeron does. Because, again, Bruins probably don't want to waste more assets to get a center at the trade market when ideally you can throw a crap ton of money at them next summer. Exactly. I agree. And then uh, one last other thing I forgot to mention. Uh, credit to Garnet Hathaway, Connor Clifton, yes. Nick Foligno. Going out, securing the bag. We are yes. a pro-securing the bag podcast. But I will Good say – I'm happy that the Bruins were not the ones to uh, be giving those payouts um, because they were pretty big payouts. But again, I'm excited to see Connor Clifton in Buffalo. You know, does he fit with a power or Deline? You think of like, <laughs> you think of like powers, a very good, solid, you know, borderline stay at home, mainly two way defense. And then you have Connor Clifton just buzzing all over the ice. So that'll be cool to see. Garnet Hathaway, Philadelphia. I mean, good for Hathaway, but I mean, Philadelphia is just, I, I you know, some of the signings they've made, I don't, I haven't made a lot of sense. Briere though has made some good moves as GM. So I'll, yeah. I'll give him that Um, in that sense. And good for Mike Riley, by the way, uh, going down to Florida, mm-hmm. going to hopefully get some playing time. Should, should be playing in the NHL. So good to see him back there. So yes. And Chris Wagner in Colorado. That's another one. Yes. Um, so hopefully there's, there's a spot for him um, out, uh, out there. So uh, again, I, fi- I think the biggest thing with free agency is you always kind of cringe. Cause you're like, uh Oh, what's, what's the team, you know, what are the Bruins going to do? What kind of big contracts they're going to dole out? They did all, they kind of just played it smart. They hit singles here, which is I think in free agency, all you really need to do. Uh, Connor, before you go, what can people look forward to from you over at boston.com and the globe? Yeah. We'll have you covered every step of the way this off season. We've gone past the, the frantic part of free agency, but again, whether it's dev camp, uh, any other moves down the pipeline, I'm sure. Throughout the rest of this summer, we'll be looking at players like Van Reems, Geeky, see where they fit into the lineup, what they can give in those different roles, younger players, how they can make a push. There's still so many other things that um, that can go on uh, as this offseason continues. So I'll be covered every step of the way over at boston.com. So please read over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Conrine underscore 93. Go do all that. And remember to go subscribe 
to New England Hockey Journal. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Bruins beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you.